Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to a special season of What the Flock. We've spent five seasons covering the topics that have caused so much damage. People don't come to church anymore. This season, our goal is to repair the Bible's reputation. And how we're going to do that is by taking specific Bible verses that have been abused due to man-made tradition and help you understand the ultimate answer for these verses. I'm joined by my co-host, Joel Swakowski. Hey, Joel. Hey, Jonathan. How you doing, man? I'm great. How are you? Excited to be on this journey with you. Thank you for being here. Yeah, another one. Let's let's knock another one out. Let's keep repairing the Bible's reputation. Yes, sir. Well, yeah. if you haven't listened to seasons one through five, we encourage you to do so because everything we're going to discuss during this season is built on the foundation of the previous five seasons. So at the very least, please listen to the episodes that are referenced during this episode. We're going to reference uh, at least four of them. Yeah, that seems to be the pattern. And yeah, that so those would definitely be the ones where, yeah, almost, <laughs> I guess, just short of required listening. But mm-hmm. the 75 episodes that we did in seasons one through five repeatedly showed every issue has two perspectives or two sides of an argument. And what those two arguments or two sides of that argument do is it distracts people from the answer God wants us to have and how the right way to interpret these, these scriptures or what we call the, the answer God wants us to have is what we do call the ultimate answer. We called those sides of the argument that distract us the strict and the loose side. So just uh, an overview on what the strict side does. This side initiates conflicts with God's word by saying that they know the correct interpretation of whatever they're reading for sure. Yet when contradictions are exposed in their interpretation, they rationalize their reliance on man-made tradition that has taken place of God's word. So the biggest example we use is you're a sinner and that although you can't earn your salvation by works, you better do works to prove your salvation. That is a a very common contradiction in the church today. We can see the people on the strict side as contradiction rationalizers. Then the loose side, the loose perspective, what these people do People who hold this perspective avoid conflict with God's word by saying that we can't know anything for sure. Why? Because there is no answer given, or it's beyond our understanding. It's paradoxical or too complex for our finite minds to understand. The contradiction within this view is that these people still want to be able to say that you are wrong. So, what we see with these people, we can see them as contradiction enablers. Excellent. Thank you, Joel. What is the verse or verses we are covering today? Romans 8 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth nor any other created thing 
shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay. Familiar so verse. Very yeah. popular. Yeah. 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 I've 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 heard that one a lot. Yep. I'm excited to see the damage that's been done. Yeah. And uh to look at how this verse has damaged the reputation of the Bible, or in other words, how man has taken away from what God intended this verse to be, we have recorded messages from two of our favorite callers from the first five seasons. So let's listen to the strict explanation that is given by Apostle Tater from McMullen, Alabama. Okay, so once we're saved, nothing, and I mean nothing, can make us lose our salvation. And guess what? The Bible says so. Mm-hmm. Okay, Joel, how would you respond to that? Well, the... the perspective apostle tater brought is familiar we did an entire episode on once saved always saved that would be one of the episodes i'd have people who have this belief listen to and also i'd have them listen to the god's nature series but specific to the sovereignty episode so once saved always saved is season two episode 15 and God's nature of sovereignty is season two, episode three. So what the strict side doesn't understand is the measure for salvation. And they believe that God is in complete control over everything, including your own choices. Aha. Well, next, here's the loose perspective given by Pastor Rich from McMullen, Alabama. Yeah, well since people can never be separated from the love of God, it means eventually everybody's going to end up saved. Joel, how would you respond to that perspective? Well, just real quick. I mean, Jesus said in Matthew 25, 46, that there are people who will go into everlasting or eternal punishment. Mm -hmm. But ultimately I'd have these people I'd want them to understand and, and they could listen to the episodes God is Love, Season 2, Episode 1, and the Salvation Episode, Season 2, Episode 14. Excellent. So if you haven't given those episodes a listen, first of all, what are you doing here? Second of all, right, right. <laughs> second of all, those are great to, to follow up on. If you want to, if you want to listen to those episodes or part of those ultimate answers, it'd be cool to see if you can come up with the ultimate answer before we give it to you. Okay, so to summarize the damage, the strict side does not understand free will versus sovereignty, and the loose side doesn't understand love and the salvation process. Yeah. What steps should we take, Joel, to get the correct interpretation? Great. So we will use the same five-step process that we have used for every passage this season. Starting with number one, what does the Bible actually say? So what we're doing here is we're making sure whatever this person claims is scripture is actually in the Bible. And we're also 
checking to see if maybe there's some translation errors, just the simple, like, you know, with, with the hundreds of different English translations we have nowadays, a lot of times that just becomes a simple issue to resolve. So, well, we can see as these verses are in fact in the Bible and what the Bible says is largely consistent with what, what it means. But for, for just for a reminder, here are those verses again. Romans 8, 38 and 39, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So step one is complete. Yet we need more information to interpret this the right way. So we move on to step two which asks, what does the original language say? So here we can confirm that a lot of the English words were translated accurately. For instance, the word separate, which is the most important word, or at least paired with one of the most important words. When we're talking right. about all these, this list of things that would not be able to separate us from the love of God. We can essentially see that separate and love are probably the two most important words here. Nice. And we can confirm. Like separate comes from the Greek word that means to put asunder. And it actually speaks to being removed because of unbelief. So this is also, what's interesting here is this is also translated into put away and you can look at or Ooh. listen to season six an episode we did earlier this season episode three and and learn the difference between putting away and divorce and we know that word put away or what is translated here is to separate is an intentional ending of a marriage covenant meant for idolatry or in other words being separating yourself in a in a marriage covenant due to unbelief oh that is baller right, right. so this is a, there's a nice benefit so that word separate is a great translation but if we look really at what it means what we're talking about here separating or putting away was a choice that a believer could make if they were married to an unbeliever right so this does kind of flush out it gives us a little bit more of an idea of what might be the ultimate answer, but we still do need to go into one more step. What's the context? So what we want to do here is bring in the verses either before or after the main verses that we're approaching in this episode. So what I'm going to do is go back to verse 31. Cool. So Romans 8 verse 31 says this, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So a little commentary break. Christ was delivered up for everybody, for all people. Mm -hmm. God freely gave to us all. All meant every person who has, is, and will ever live. 
Okay, so so one of the reasons that verses like what we're addressing today are misinterpreted is because people tend to ignore the verses immediately before and immediately after the verses that they are misinterpreting. Sure. The reason they ignore those verses either before or after is they often contradict the interpretation that they want to hold true. Verse 33. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So here's another key word. So this is why we need to bring in the context, because a key word here that people will use to support this, this idea that nothing can separate us, that once saved, always saved, or this universal perspective that Pastor Rich brought, where everybody ends up being saved, is this word elect. In this verse, 30, 33, brings up that word. And a lot of times people want to take that word to mean God chose who was going to go to heaven and who was going to go to hell before he even created man. But the word election or elect or sometimes even translated into the select came from the Greek word that meant select or implying favorite. So these elect people were children of God. That, that is true. But why? They were elect because they walked after the Spirit. So here we're talking about a causal issue similar to what, what we learned in Job. You know, where God and Satan are arguing over what's the cause for Job to fear God. Here, an elect person, the argument that people are going to make is this person is a, is a believer or is a child of God because God chose them to be. But what that word really means is this person is elect or a selected person by God because they are a believer. So these people were God's favorite, you could say, because they were the best or the select. You know, just like some products, like meats. You go to the grocery store, there's the, the high-quality meats or produce, even some milk like and eggs that are considered the select. Select brand thing, yeah. right? Why? Because they are intrinsically more excellent nice so god does elect people but because of that person's beliefs and ultimately whether that person has chosen to walk after the spirit so god justifies all and christ also makes intercession for us again what these two verses do is they're showing us that god does not condemn people against their will God elects or condemns a person based on their own choices. Mm -hmm. And these verses specifically stated that God and Jesus supplied everything necessary for salvation for all. Verse 35 and 36 say, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? So here that question 
is already being posed even before verses 38 and 39. Then Paul continues and says, as it is written, for your sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. This is Paul referencing Psalm 44, 22. Now let's continue. Verse 37, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So we can be conquerors or overcome all of these stressful or, or tribulation or persecution coming on us. Why? Because we do have the love of Christ. Okay, so now we're getting into the verses that we really need to flush out. Verses 38 and 39 again say, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. All right, so actually, if you go back to verse 35, all the way through 39, it is a list of things which cannot separate us. Who? The elect? Who are they? Believers, people who have chosen to walk by the Spirit. A list of things that cannot separate us from the love of Christ, from the love of God. Here's the thing. Notice that you, who you are, your mind, your soul was not in this list. Right. You are the only thing that can separate you from the love of Christ. Which happens by you choosing not to live by the Spirit. So if what we're talking about here, really, the sovereignty idea of God being in complete control is really this deterministic perspective. Everything's already been determined before God created everything. Mm -hmm. the, another another common philosophy or belief system that you may be familiar with is Calvinism. It's along the same lines. Predestination, mean, and what I mean by that, what, what people in this side of the argument would, would argue for is God has predetermined everything in the future down to every detail of everything that will happen. But if determinism or Calvinism was true, wouldn't this verse have especially stated that not even you can separate yourself from the love of God? And now I want to refer back to the Job episode again. Episode six, or sorry, season six, episode seven, where we learned that truth is proven contrastively. Right. Paul is making this point contrastively. Paul proved that you are the only thing that can separate you from God by showing all the other causes that cannot separate you from God. And again, just a reminder, you can separate yourself by your unbelief. Ooh, just like a spouse could do with their unbelieving partner. Amazing. So that's it. Those are the three steps, and it brings us, when we understand what that word separate means, and when we especially look at verses 35 through 39, and we understand the contrastive process God uses 
and that Paul used as he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to prove truth, we see a list of all these things that cannot separate us from the love of God, leaving us with the thing that can, you and your own choice. Now, remember, contradictions do not exist. So what these steps are doing is slowly bringing us through exposing and removing any contradictions that man has introduced into the Bible, trying to be and trying to help you become contradiction removers. Any uh, reminder or updates on that ditty you got for us, Jonathan? I mean, we're still at step three. We are. Episode so, nine. And look at how many verses yeah, we man. got with three steps. With just, what does the Bible say? Did the English translation get in the way? Why don't you look at the context? And then step four and then step five we'll get to. Yeah. I wonder if how many of the listeners are like, are they going to get through this entire season and, and really the big confrontation or the reveal is going to be, it only takes three steps. <laughs> Spoiler. No, no, we are getting to in the future. There will be some complex verses that will take all four or five steps for sure. Anyways, continue, Jonathan. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. What is the ultimate answer? We're at our favorite part here. Ultimate answer. We are the only thing that can separate ourselves from God's love, and it would be done through unbelief. Now, the Bible has many conflicts in what is stated. However, the Bible does not have contradictions in the why or the doctrine. That's what we're trying to help people understand. The why or the doctrine is where we find that ultimate answer. Thank you, Joel. This has been What the Flock. If you'd like a deeper study of this verse and how to deal with people who believe the man-made traditional perspectives, listen to the Music of Life Church podcast companion episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.